Welcome to this week's edition of the St. Paul Podcast. I'm Peter Marty, Senior Pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church, located in the heart of Davenport, Iowa. Right here each week, you can hear a message to inspire your walk with God and hear beautiful music to fill your life. Let this podcast be your occasion to contemplate some of the deepest things in life, just as I hope it helps faith come alive for you. face is one of the most remarkable and memorable things about you. And if you doubt me, just think very consciously the next time you're looking at photographs, where you're one of the subjects in those photographs, think of where your eyes go. And my guess is that they go almost instantly to your own face. That's the way we all operate. Our face communicates all kinds of life. And if you don't like what your face is displaying in a particular photo, and it's your album that you're going through, well, then chances are very good that you're going to delete that photo. 
Today, I want you to think about what your face displays to others. My reason for having you do this involves an image that pops up in different places in the Bible. Specifically, what we discover is that something of God rubs off on us when we invest our life deeply in God's life. Something about Moses, as you'll hear in just a moment, Moses' face, something about that changes once he has a conversation with God. And you, the more you're in conversation with God, which is what we happen to call prayer, the more vigorous your prayer life, the more you can expect to have something about your face reflect differently upon people whom you meet. But more on that in a moment. First, this little background reading from the second book in the Bible, which is the book of Genesis. And notice how many times you hear the word face. Exodus chapter 34, beginning at the 29th verse. Moses came down from Mount Sinai. As he came down from the mountain with those two tablets of stone in his hand, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, the skin of his face was shining, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called out to them, and Aaron and all of the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses spoke with them. Afterwards, all the Israelites came near, and Moses gave them in commandment all that the Lord had spoken with him there on Mount Sinai. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face, but whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with the Lord, he would take the veil off until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, the Israelites would see the face of Moses, that the skin of his face was shining, and Moses would put the veil back on his face until he went in again to speak with God. So ends the reading from the 34th chapter of Exodus. Now that you've heard the story of God's glory rubbing off on Moses' face, let's contemplate where any of that glory of God can also rub off on our faces as well. Take a listen. Well, some of you I know uh, do not enjoy going to the dentist because you've told me as much. Uh, maybe it's anxiety over cavities, maybe it's the sound of that whirring drill, uh, maybe it's just laying in a prone position, totally vulnerable, with somebody diving at your mouth with very sharp implements. Uh, whatever the case, I don't have the same uh, fears that some people do of the dentist, but I do have uh, a modest fear when it comes to the optometrist. I have to go twice a year, and uh, like you, if you've been there recently, you stare into this bright yellow slit of light. It's just awful. And I have to have additional tests where they photograph the back of the eye. So you, there's this big device, I don't know the name of the instrument, and you're not supposed to blink, and this takes about five minutes, and every time there's a bright flash, it gets a picture of the back of your eye. I always think I'm going to lose my sight, and I go to the doctor to save my sight, actually. 
But she assures me that, Peter, there's no ultraviolet radiation. You know, everything is kosher. You're fine. But I'm thinking about this this morning because one of the principal ways that the ancient Hebrew people knew God or understood God was as being of light. Blindingly bright light. Matter of fact, if you ever caught a glimpse of God, it could in fact vaporize your very bones and you'd be done for. That was the contention. That was the campfire story, as it were. Light signaled the very presence of God. And when you were in the midst of that dazzling brightness, you knew that you were in the presence of God, that you had the company of God right there with you. They had a name for this presence. They had a name for this blinding light, and they called it the glory of God. And when you were in the presence of the glory of God, if you were lucky enough not to be eviscerated, well, that light would then fill your life, and you would have something of God in you. The glorious presence of God would be in you. Well, Moses was lucky enough to have that actual experience. And when he went up on Mount Sinai to talk with God, we find out from this very story and other places that his face was shining with these flakes of light. In other words, he was luminous, if you will. It was as if he had in his very own face absorbed something of God and God's own life. He didn't know his face was shining. Other people had to tell him that his face was shining. Um, and once they did, somebody handed him a bandana, and so every so often he'd cover his face, or the brilliance, evidently, of that bright light that he had received from God. Whoever recorded this uh, account in the book of Exodus, uh, on Mount Sinai, and Moses with the flakes of light, Whoever wrote this down, they cared an awful lot and paid a lot of attention and paid space to Moses' face. It just keeps on uh, coming up. I suppose we shouldn't be surprised um, that people didn't see him the way he normally was because there was something different about his countenance. His face, we're told at least, was dazzling bright. And if you stop to think about it, your face says all kinds of things, even if you're not sure that it's dazzling bright today. It communicates something. When we encounter each other face to face, we pretty quickly read certain characteristics or traits. At least they're signaled somehow by the look of your face and of mine. They give us away, in other words. And sometimes we speak of people having the truth written all over their face, right? We speak about your, your, your eyes being the window into your soul. When lovers exchange pictures, they don't trade pictures of their elbows. They trade pictures of their faces because those faces are dear to their affection. If you've ever sorted through pictures, for an album, an online album, a scrapbook, I'm pretty confident that the winners that end up in that album and not in the trash bin are determined by you 
by looking at the faces. And if you so much as have your eyes half closed or your jaw is twisted in a frown, that goes into the trash bin. Flakes of light covered the face of Moses as he descended from the mountain. Why? Because he had been talking with God. Something of God's presence, if you will, or God's way or will rubbed off on Moses. Borrowing from a book title in our day, he was wearing God. He didn't know that his face was shining, but um, he may also have not realized how deeply he entered into God's own life in that little conversation that they had. And frankly, it could be that our faces also reflect things that we're not aware of, and they may tell stories that are beyond just the present moment of our experience. If you live by faith, or if you try to live by faith, you may also share something of the face of God. I know that's either a weird idea or a profound idea, but it's remarkable that God would choose to be revealed in and through a human face. But that's the Christian claim since the beginning of our tradition, that God is known in the face of Jesus Christ, whom we speak of in the New Testament as the light of the world, a take from that old Hebrew sense of the brightness, the blinding brightness of God. That God could be known through a face, and not just Moses' face, and not just Christ Jesus' face, but through your face? It may explain why the word presence in Hebrew is the exact same as the word for face. Pana or panim as it's pronounced in, in Hebrew. This really profound idea that God could be tucked inside the face of Moses, but not just that, into your face and mine as well. That's a lot to think about. You may not be aware of it, as I said, but then again, neither was Moses aware that he looked any different after having talked with God. And so, as you think about your face and all the history that's behind it and all the personality that's behind it, and you think of the contours of your face and the ridges of your face and the wrinkles of your face and the dimples and freckles of your face, you may have the power, or you could have the power, to make somebody else's day, actually. You have the power, or you could have the power, actually, to bring someone particular joy, or to create a skip in the beat of someone's heart that hasn't skipped for a long time. It's actually possible. And it can happen through your own face. Who's to say? I don't want to discount uh, the possibility. But if you are willing yourself to enter into God's own life very deeply, as Moses did when he talked with God, that's essentially what we do in prayer. We talk with God. Maybe not on a mountaintop, but we talk with God. So you and your face... Maybe what can love someone who hasn't been loved for a long time, or you and your face may be able to empathize with someone who happens to need that empathy right now.
So I want to say something about Ukraine, and I'm not sure exactly what to say or what's most helpful to say, but I can say this and in solidarity with you. I'm very, very sad by what's happening. I grieve for these people running for their lives who don't deserve it. I detest authoritarianism and any form of authoritarianism. Whenever we have a baptism here, we ask each other, do you have sufficient courage to challenge the powers of this world that ignore God? And if you've never known what that means, this is what it means, that we say no to these authoritarian things that happen. Military strategists, they spend their days necessarily studying which airstrips are getting bombed over there and which military installations are being taken out and which troop movements are happening. That's, that's a given. But since I'm not a military strategist, I just look into the faces of the Ukrainian people when they're on the news. And I don't want to forget these faces of people that I will never meet in person. I try to empathize with their plight in some small, small way. I try to picture what it's like to literally be running from bombs with faces that are scared or teary-eyed or panicked and certainly not optimistic about the near future. And when I see these faces, I don't want to forget them. I want to imagine what my face would look like if I were standing in the same at the same bus stop with them and what would my face display as either an outsider or as a fellow Ukrainian. I want to keep uttering that blessing from the Torah that's in your Bible and the book of Numbers, the sixth chapter that you hear so often in a place like this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine upon your face. In other words, God rub off on you and me. And the Lord, look upon us all with favor and give us peace. These are the words I want for our friends in Ukraine. We have a member of this church. His name is Chris Jerome. He was in worship last night. His parents emigrated from Ukraine. They changed the, the surname. Jerome is not Ukrainian. Um, but Chris's and his sister have relatives in Ukraine. So on Wednesday, he gets a couple of text messages that uh, he sends to me. It's from Lilia. Lilia is his cousin in Ukraine. We are not safe, he says, she says. I am speechless. The city was bombarded. There are seriously injured people. The Russian troops are getting prepared to capture western Ukraine. They are already in Lutsk. No way to be saved. I can't tell anything more. I'm too sad. Eight minutes later, Lilia sent this text. I can't promise that I will write to you. This is actually probably my last message. The situation is very dangerous and I'm thinking how to protect us. We're going to lose electricity and the internet. We were warned about that. I wish you all the best. Stay safe. May everything go well for you and your family. The world is just terrific. Goodbye. Chris hasn't heard from her since Wednesday.
But just imagine the panic on her face, you know, as she's busily texting this eight time zones away to Iowa. I want, you, I want to close with an image from the, the great Oscar Romero. And if you don't know Oscar Romero, one time Archbishop of San Salvador, he was a voice for the voiceless, constantly speaking against violations of human rights, assassinated while he was celebrating the Holy Eucharist in March of 1980. Great man, often compared in the league of, of Mahatma Gandhi and, and ML King and so forth. A couple months before he died, he said these words from the pulpit. When we leave worship, we ought to go out the way Moses descended Mount Sinai, with his face shining, with his heart brave and strong to face the world's difficulties. I want to look into the faces of the Ukrainian people and I want to feel what they're feeling, which Vladimir Putin can't do. I want to feel what they're feeling. I want to feel their bravery and their courage in this world of great difficulty. And let's remember that when Moses' face was shining, it doesn't, wasn't because he was just exuberant and happy. That's not just what radiance means. No, he was radiant with everything that constituted the fullness of God, which could run the gamut surely from anguish to joy. So I want to pray that your face, folks, and my face, when we leave worship this morning, it will shine the way the face of Moses did when he descended from the mountain. That it will radiate some of the life of God, perhaps some days this week with deep anguish, and perhaps some days with incredible joy. But since we have talked with God in this hour, let us take our hearts strong and brave, Let's take them outside to face the world's difficulties. Amen.
Please join me in prayer as we say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. May the Lord's face shine upon your face, that would be God rubbing off on you, and be gracious unto you, and may your heart be strong and brave to face the world's difficulties. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and thanks for your support of the ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way you feel a part of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.